0: Hi, this is Matt Wallace, lead pastor at Holy Cross Lake Mary, and this is our podcast. I want to thank you for joining us, and I pray this message inspires you and helps build your faith. To learn more about Holy Cross, visit hclm.org. Enjoy the message. All right, our opening question for this morning uh, is this. So we all Maybe not all. Most of us love Christmas time. Certainly, we love the actual meaning uh, behind Christmas. But not every one of us loves every aspect of this Christmas season that we are sometimes forced to endure. So my question for you this morning—I usually don't like to go too negative with these—but but but my question for you this morning is this: What's one thing you don't like about the Christmas season? Uh, We can probably name lots of things we do like, but what is one thing that you do not like? About the Christmas season. As always, if you're worshiping along with us at home, you can jump on the live chat. We got Pastor Chris as our online pastor today. Uh, Or you can text your answer to 407-842-8884. So what is one thing you don't like about the Christmas season? And again, 407-842-8884. While we are waiting for some of those responses to come in, yeah, there we go, there's the number. Uh, While we are waiting for some of those responses to come in, let's talk about what we are going to be talking about today. Uh, We are starting our new Advent slash Christmas series today, which, by the way, I can't believe it's already Advent. That means we're like four weeks away from Christmas, which is insane. Uh, I can't believe it's that close. Uh, but uh, we, our new series is called Saving Christmas. Saving Christmas. And so let me talk to you a little bit about what that means and uh, where it came from. So um, I, I had this idea for this sermon series after kind of thinking about it for a while because I've noticed uh, that every year it seems like more and more people get kind of, uh, I don't know, worried about Christmas, you know? Uh, A a lot of people will talk about this supposed war on Christmas, right? People seem to get offended when the cashier at Publix says, Happy Holidays, instead of Merry Christmas. I remember a few years ago, there was this big kerfuffle, which is my word for the day, by the way, Uh, there was this big kerfuffle over the design of the Starbucks Christmas coffee cup a few years ago. I don't know if you remember that or not. And it's not just those things, right? There's other things. Everyone's worried about the economy today. I bet none of you had ever spoken the word supply chain uh, before about two months ago. And now it's all that anyone can talk about. Uh, But I'll tell you, I saw one thing that really drove it home for me. And I realized, all right, it was a meme, so I realized it was meant to be somewhat tongue-in-cheek, kind of funny. But still, nevertheless, I was a little horrified when I saw it, and, uh, and, and there's a couple, been a couple variations of this, so I'm just paraphrasing, but it said something like this. It said, governor of Florida saves Christmas by opening ports. Now, I don't care what you think about the governor of Florida. You may love him. You may hate him. But let's be clear about one thing. He did not save Christmas. And I realized at that moment that we all needed to be reminded of something very, very important, and that is this. Christmas does not need saving. Christmas does the saving. Christmas doesn't need to be saved. We need to be saved. And Christmas does it. And that's what we're going to talk about over the next few weeks. Every week, starting with today, we're going to identify something that Christmas saves and that's something that Christmas saves us from, because that is what Christmas is about. Uh, Pastor Chris, we got some answers over there. What are some things people do not like about the Christmas season?
1: Yeah, we have a lot. Uh, Thank you for texting in a bunch of different answers. I'd say number one was commercialism. Commercial became, uh, for Christmas sure, yeah. has become more commercial than holy, was one of the comments. Uh, somebody who refuses to give their name said, the kid's being home all the time. Who decided Christmas break would be so long? <laughs> and then they immediately texted, I sound like a monster, don't say my name. <laughs> <laughs> so I won't. Yeah. For $20. Uh, anywho. <laughs> Uh, let's see, uh, more, um, <laughs> so people are watching this all over the country, uh, Vicky says the wind, snow and cold, mm. move to Florida, doesn't happen here, yeah. uh, Brad says the repetitive Christmas music in every store starting immediately after Halloween.
0: Right, yeah, 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 and it used to be after Thanksgiving, now it's after Halloween, man. Yeah, yeah, that, well, that starts- we
1: went over there for trunk or treat to Home Depot. I mean, literally the week before Halloween, and they had all their Christmas stuff out. Yeah, you know? all so their Christmas was, stuff out already.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's crazy. You know, the Florida, it was, it's was it been pretty chilly here this week, though, man. I mean, it's been yeah, uh, it's like been, in the 50s. You know? I know. Woo! Like I put, I put on a sweater. Wow. You know? <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah, I think, so, uh, as we identify these different things we're going to talk about every week, we may not identify all of those things, but I think you're going to find that a lot of those things, I mean, not the weather, <laughs> uh, but a lot of those things that people talk about are going to be answered uh, in this series that we're talking about. But today, what we are looking at is this, one of the main and things that Christmas saves, one of the main points of Christmas is that it saves us. Christmas saves us, that what happened at Christmas brings salvation for us. And in fact, um, one of the things it saves us from, as we're going to see as we dive into this text, is very often ourselves. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. In verse 11, it says this, uh, besides this, you know the time that the hour has come for you to wake from sleep, for salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. This salvation that Paul is talking about as he writes to the church in Rome is exactly what we talk about every week. It's exactly what we preach about every week. You guys are probably sick of hearing about it, honestly, but the truth of the matter is, it is the most important thing about what we believe. Look, I love it. When lives are changed, I love it when I, I, I see people uh, being more loving and getting out and serving in the community. But the main thing is that we find salvation in Jesus Christ. The main thing is this that Jesus, the Son of God, right, co equal with the Father, so divine Himself, came to earth and was born as a human being, born as a little baby. That is literally what we are celebrating at Christmas time. But it doesn't end there. Uh, He also then lived a perfect life, completely fulfilling the law of God in a way that we could never do and in a way that never had been done. And in spite of doing no wrong, in spite of living that perfect life, Jesus was then crucified and killed for the sins of mankind. He died and he rose again so he could bring us victory. And now we know that all who believe in him have forgiveness for their sins, new life and healing right now, but also the promise of eternal life to come. And this is a gift that he gives us. What do we do to earn this? What do we do to deserve this? What do we do to pay God back for this salvation that he brings us? The answer is nothing because it is freely given by God out of his grace and his mercy and his love. As it says in Ephesians, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. And when God brings us that salvation freely given, he makes us new, And as we're also going to find, he also ends up quite frequently saving us from ourselves. But before we get into that, I have one more question for you today. It's this. This could be a really interesting one. Uh, The question is this. Think back to when you were younger. Maybe high school, college, something around there, right? Or just when you were younger. Think back to those times. If you could go back and change one thing. If you could go back and do something different about those years, what would it be? If you could go back to when you were younger, like high school, college, what would you do differently? You can text your answer again to 407 842 or jump on the live chat uh, with Pastor Chris. So while we're waiting, uh, one of the things I like about this passage, might have seemed like kind of an odd passage to choose for like an Advent Christmas reading, but one of the things I like about it is the contrast uh, between day and night. The contrast between darkness and light. In fact, here's what it says in verse 12. It says, The night is far gone, the day is at hand. So then let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Now, we have to recognize here that this is kind of some metaphor that's happening. God created everything, right? In in the days of creation, at the the end of every day, it says, uh, and it was good. So God created the darkness and the light. He created the night and the day. And it was good. So there's nothing actually bad about nighttime or something like that. But it's more about this. Let me ask you this. Have you guys ever heard this expression before? And the, the time changes a little bit depending on where you might have heard it. But it's something like this. Nothing good ever happens after 2 a.m. Yeah, You've heard it midnight? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I push mine back a little bit. I give myself that extra couple of hours. But yeah, yeah, I've heard midnight as well. But yeah, nothing good ever happens after 2 a.m. after midnight. Um, I, I didn't want to make the second question that we just asked kind of negative. So I tried to put a positive spin on it. What would you change? What would you do different? What would you do better? But I almost asked it this way. I almost asked, is there anything you regret from those years? And, and I think... If we're all honest and we look back, uh, maybe not even those years, but just any time in the past, we are going to find things that we regret. Uh, We could all think of something, and I'm going to guess, especially if we do think back to our younger years, that a lot of those regrets came from things we did at night Uh, and came from the, the activities that we tend to most do in those hours of the day. Uh, Pastor Chris, uh, what, what are some things people would change if they could go back and change
1: them? Well, just a quick story. I was getting ready to do my first mission trip with 50 high school kids and we're loading up the charter bus to go to North Carolina and Paul Hoyer, the founding pastor comes out and he goes, Hey, I just want to tell you something. Nothing good happens after midnight. Make sure those kids are in bed by midnight or else (laughs) they turn into gremlins, you know, like just get them to bed. That was a good one. Uh, a few great answers. Uh, Sharon said, invest in Microsoft and Bitcoin. Nick said, I, oh, yeah. would, have, I would have cornered the market on uh, Apple stock. That's what Nick would have done. Um, let's see, a couple others. Uh, I like this one from Carolyn. Uh, Carolyn uh, Pepper said, I wouldn't have been so insecure I worried so much for no reason. That's a really yeah, good one. Yeah, that is a really good yeah. one. Yeah, um, I regret how I treated some people through the years. Uh, somebody said I would have worn fewer denim jean shorts. I don't know what that <laughs> means. Uh, <Yeah. laughs>
0: so. Would have passed on the shorts. Huh? Yeah, yeah. yeah,
1: I guess that's it. Uh, Jim said, find find true faith at a younger age. But a lot of people said, actually, I would do nothing because a lot of the mistakes I made kind of turned me into the, peop- yeah, the yeah, person yeah. that I am. So.
0: Yeah, yeah, and you know that can be valid too. I don't always answer these questions myself, but this one I will today uh, because I think it, it, it plays into a little bit what we're going to be talking about. One of the things for me that I would change, is, and it has to do with, actually it has to do with the ability to change is that I look back at how I thought about things when I was younger, particularly high school, and there were a lot of things that I thought were a part of my identity that really weren't, you know? Sometimes we have things that we do that aren't the most positive things or or that we struggle with, and we'll tend to say something like, well, that's just who I am. And it doesn't have to be, right? Uh, We have the ability to change. We have the ability to be changed. And uh, those things don't define us. Uh, Those things don't... uh, Um, give us our identity, right? And I think that is something that especially as Christians um, is true for us. Um, I think one of the things that we have to admit when we confront our regrets in life, when we confront those things that we would change, uh, when we confront our failings and shortcomings and even uh, our very sins, the things we do wrong, the things that hurt ourselves and hurt other people, one of the things that we have to admit is that very often, kind of our own fault. Very often we make bad choices. We look back at our life and we can identify things that we did that were foolish. We do things in the moment just to satisfy that immediate desire, that immediate need that we have, even knowing that it might have some real life consequences, even knowing that it might have some negative consequences, even knowing that the next morning we might get up and regret it. Sometimes we let our emotions control us. We lash out in anger that we feel for that moment or, or, uh, or we make decisions based on passion rather than reason. And again, we ignore the consequences that come from that. And when we do all that, uh, we often take the burdens upon ourselves that come from those foolish decisions, not just the real-life consequences, uh, but even those feelings of guilt and shame that often come with poor choices. We all know the feeling, I would guess, we all know the feeling of waking up in the morning and remembering what we did the night before, or the day before, or the week before, Sometimes it's even something that happened years before. And all that feeling of guilt and shame comes back to us, that regret. That is one of the things Christmas saves us from. Christmas saves us from ourselves. Saves us from our dumb decisions and our stupid regrets. And it does this by changing who we are. It does this by changing us from people of darkness into people of the light, from people of the night into people of the morning. And it does all this in some of the same ways we've already talked about, just in the very salvation that Jesus brings that came about from his birth at Christmas and the life he lived and the work that he did on the cross In fact, what we call the gospel, that very gospel message. But also, through that same salvation, through that same gospel message, we are changed. We are transformed. In verse 14 of today's text, it says this, But put on the Lord Jesus Christ, and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires." You see, when we experience the saving of Christmas, we put on Jesus. It's like a robe or a coat or a jacket or a suit of clothing. We put on Jesus as our garment. And that means two things. It means, first of all, that when God looks at us, he doesn't see us with our failings and our shortcomings and our sins and our guilt and our shame, when he looks at us, he sees Jesus. When he looks at us, he sees someone that is perfect and holy. When he looks at us, he sees his own son, his own daughter, his own child. That's what it means to put on Christ, but it also means something else. It means that when we do that, we are literally not the same person as before. In scripture, Jesus says, behold, I make all things new. And he makes us new. He changes us. He transforms us. And that shame and that guilt that we feel is no longer a part of us. Because we're not that person anymore. We're literally not the same person that made those foolish, stupid decisions the night before, or the week before, or the year before. Because we have become more like Jesus. And instead of being people of the darkness, people of the night, we become people of the day. People that love our neighbor. People that care about other people. People that are willing to put other people ahead of ourselves. People that serve in the community. People that love God and we walk lifted of all those other burdens off of us. This Christmas, I want you to remember this. You don't have to save Christmas. You don't have to fight for Christmas. But it's Christmas, and what it means, the birth of Jesus, the coming of the Savior, the coming of the Messiah that saves you. And that saves me. It saves all of us. Sometimes even from ourselves. So, Merry Christmas. And in his name, amen. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this message and would like to learn more or contribute to Holy Cross, please visit hclm.org.